Hey there, people of the interwebs. It's me, Brandon Noel. Uh, this episode of The Bookies is uh, brought to you by DestinyComics.com. Check out DestinyComics.com for bookmarks, our uh, graphic novels, short story anthologies, all kinds of fun reading stuff. Um, today's episode is The uh, Wizard of London by Mercedes Lackey. Uh, this was a fun read. It was an interesting read, if nothing else. Um, so if, if you're here for the Mercedes Lackey discussion, pros and cons of uh, Wizard of London, you're in the right place. But before we get to this episode, um, today's secret code is 15 00 Next word. 20, 19, 9, 14, 23, 6, 18, 0. That was this episode's secret code. If you want your official Destiny Comics decoder, go to destinycomics.com. And uh, you too can get a, uh, an official decoder ring. With that said, I hope you, uh, oh, and remember to set your decoder to X equals one for that code. So X equals one. And, uh, today's episode is the wizard of London. Wayne is having problems with his, uh, air conditioning. So he's going to join us later. All right. Okay. Uh, we're gonna get started when Wayne pops in. Okay. All right. We're gonna get started. So the the order for this one is is gonna be Bonnie, Justin, David, Lewis, myself, Maylene, and then Wayne whenever he shows up. Okay. So all right. We are the bookies. Hello, we are the bookies. bookies. Start introduction with Bonnie. Bonnie. All right, I'm Bonnie Stallard. I'm Justin Stallard. I'm David McFarlane. I am Luis Lopez. I'm Brandon Noel. And I'm Melene Noel. We are the bookies. And this month we read um, The Wizard of London by Mercedes Lackey. Yes. Uh, Bonnie. Bonnie. Uh, you, you put this book in the hat. You want to tell us why you... Uh, uh, I will gladly tell you why I put this book in the hat. Whether you ended up liking it or not is inconsequential as to why I put it in. Um, <laughs> so, so, Bonnie, tell us why you did this to us. Why? <laughs> oh, thanks, Louis. Um, it's not Maze Runner, so fight me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I you know what, David? I didn't ask you. Hey. I actually liked it. <laughs> Thank you. Good. I'm glad. All right. So, the Elemental Masters series, uh, Mercedes Lackey, she has a bunch of different series. She has a, some fun ones with um, elves and that get involved with some of the Renfair people in modern times and their elven steeds are like usually motorcycles and stuff. Those are fun. Um, she has some that are even more fantasy, fairy tale, fairy tale fantasy than these. She has some that I haven't read. I haven't read all of her series or even a book from each of her series, but I absolutely love this series. So. Um, this series is almost two series in one. The first book I read was actually book three. I checked it out from the library randomly. I liked the cover. I liked the title. It was Phoenix and Ashes. 
and it was a retelling of a Cinderella story involving elemental masters. So then I'm like, I need to read the rest of these, these books. This is great. It's got, I love it. I love new twists on old fairy tales. I love old fairy tales. I've got collections of fairy tales, but I also like to collect stories that tell, take a new take or have the elements of an old fairy tale, but then like change it. This one is a little more obscure than the first three. The first three in the book are A Sleeping Beauty. No, no, Snow White is first, then Sleeping Beauty, then Cinderella. And then you have The Wizard of London, which doesn't seem like a fairy tale as much, and it doesn't focus on the elemental masters as much. It introduces Nan and Sarah, who are girls with psychic abilities rather than elemental powers. Um, So this is the first book with them. This introduces them. There are several other books that involve those two characters as the main characters as they go out and as adults and, uh, and, you know, basically like little detectives trying to figure out what's going on here. What's the problem here? Because the elemental masters are like, it's not magic. We're not sure. So they send them out. Um, But this is the first book that involves them. So, so I feel like if you like Nan and Sarah, as much as I do, I like their stories that there are several books in this series and it's not like, the next book doesn't involve them, but later on, there's a couple, there's one that does. And then later on in this series, they actually team up with some really cool characters from fiction because it's the right time period. Um, Sherlock Holmes and uh, John Watson, because John Watson and his wife actually work with the girls rather than Sherlock Holmes because he doesn't believe in magic, of course. But, because um, it's not logical. But anyway, you get to run across them. So, so it's almost like its own little series with the girls. And then there's the other ones that deal only with the elemental masters dealing with things. And I went back and forth whether I was going to give one that was just elemental masters, but most of those are standalone. Like you might meet, you see the the lady doctor from the first book, which is like a retelling of Snow White a couple times, but it's just like a cameo appearance. But Nan and Sarah, they have several books that are about them. And I felt that that was the why I introduced this one to you guys. Um, the newest one, Jolene. So, um, yes, yes. And actually, so it, the newest one is called Jolene and it came out in December of 2020. And my wonderful husband, Justin, keeps a little thing on his phone so that it lets him know when new books in the series have come out. So he buys them for me. So I got it for Christmas, managed to make it last three whole days. Um, cause I devour books. <laughs> um, That's a long period of time. I know, I know, I know. I stretched it out. I made it last. I didn't want it to be over too soon. Um, and it is the first one that takes place in America. It takes a place in the, at the same time, but the Appalachians in America. So not all of the books take place in London. This one is the only one that talks about like the school and focuses on the school because it's focusing on the girls as kids. So it's not like a wizarding world thing. The only one that has the school in it. Um, the one we read, but, um, there's several that take place in Germany. Um, you know, you've got anyway, so I love this series. I love new tellings of it. I have lots of things that I love about this book, obviously, but, um, I feel like I want to hear some of your guys' favorite things and then I'll jump on the end with my favorite things. But anyway, so you've got, yeah, these two girls with psychic abilities and they're being trained at a school and you've got this horrible, evil, evil, evil woman who likes to kill children, basically make them her pawns who are are trying to get rid of these girls. And it is obscurely a retelling of the Snow Queen fairy tale. 
So that's all I'm going to say now. Justin's turn. Um, okay. What did um, you like? Well, I liked a lot of the characters. Uh, Nan and Sarah, they were fun and all, but I have to say I probably liked the obscure character of Tommy. Yeah. Tommy's the little, great. The little uh, kid uh, kept getting in trouble, getting butted by the ram and, <laughs> and chased by the dogs and stuff. Oh, um, yeah. Um, into the um, I, can, I, I can relate to that character. <laughs> oh, no. Were you a Tommy when you were young? <laughs> of a sort, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, I thought it was very well written. It, um, it had the, the the characters, you know, he, he, she managed to bring them to life, and and uh, you you really really didn't like the people you weren't supposed to like, but you 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 she wrote it so you you, you like the characters you are supposed to like. Yeah. Oh yeah, Cordelia is a bleep. Yeah, she she she's a nasty. Yeah. Of course, you like Cordelia, David. You always like villains. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I, you the, the the scene with uh, where Nan uh, first meets Neville is uh, a really good one. Where the 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 caretakers are like, she's about to lose her head, and the crows. The raven. A raven is, uh, well, an unusually large rook. Oh, yeah. Usually a large yeah. rook. Yeah, not a raven. Not, <laughs> I don't know. An unusually large rook. You have to keep it legal. Right? I, 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 I liked his, uh, the, the keeper's. Uh, the raven master. The raven master's uh, uh, logic. In, in <laughs> the now, you just leave the bird alone and he follows you. There's nothing I can do about it. And when people see it, it's an unusually large rook, not a raven. David oh boy David didn't like it it's okay it's okay David neither did I (laughs) sorry I know that's probably blasphemous I'm sorry Bonnie I still love you you're still my best friend but sorry (laughs) you don't don't see it but there are tears welling out of her eyes (laughs) I'd have to say that uh, my favorite character well, Wayne's trying to come on right now. Yeah. There he is. Hi, Wayne. He's over at Brian and Sarah's house. I can Hello, tell Wayne. of that picture right there. But anyway, I'd have to say it took me a while to to even pick uh, a somewhat favorite character. And by chapter nine, I picked David Adelstrop. <laughs> yes. Oh no. My favorite character. Of course you did. Actually, I, that's who I figured it would be. Yeah. Right. Not just because it, we shared names. Yeah. Um, it's just. I can see myself in this guy. Yeah. Exactly. I could see myself in that guy. I I couldn't relate with any other characters in there. So I related with the guy that is rich. Powerful, has what he wants, determination. <clears throat> I, I figured, like, hey, that that's even though he's he's hanging out with the with the wrong crowd, so to speak. I could I I kind of relate with the guy. 
But um, I'd have to say the the book the book was was fairly well written, and I I honestly didn't even know because I've never read a Mercedes Lackey book before that uh, her stories were were retakes on on other fairy tales. I didn't I didn't know that this this series. Well, um, some of her others are are completely original, but yeah. Okay, this well, uh, this series because I've I've never read a Mercedes Lackey uh, book before. I mean, of course, I've I've heard of her. Um, but I just, I just never had uh, the opportunity to read one of her books until now. But um, I mean, I really enjoyed the the descriptions of, of how she she described London and the countryside. It made me feel like I was there. And um, I guess the the character development was was okay. But I'm not really familiar with. Uh, the, the fairy tales to to make a, an honest opinion about that but um overall i'd say i was indifferent with the book and um yeah like i said i like i like david probably the best and probably cordelia the, the second best <laughs> the villain you love to hate oh, of course it's horrible and uh Reading uh, the description of when they were out into the countryside uh, reminded me of when I went to Scotland. So I was kind of like, yeah, I could, I could picture that. It kind of reminded me of that when I was visiting old castles when I was over there. But uh, like, other than that, I, I really don't have anything else positive to say. So I'll hand it over to you, Lewis. So my... I have to admit that I'm probably wrong about this, but my assumption of Mercedes Lackey as an author before I read her book, because this is the first one I've ever read, I thought she was kind of like a romance novel author for whatever reason. And so in yeah. my head, this was going to be some kind of like a, like a very romantical, you know, like, oh, woe is me type story for some reason. No, I purposely didn't pick one of the extremely romantic ones. Uh, this series is, is probably has, I mean, it does have fairy tales. It does have romance, but some of our other series are way more romance. So, so that that is more or less like a correct assumption about yeah, like how a lot, she... of, a lot of hers have romance and and magic in most of them. Uh, okay. okay, okay. So I wasn't off the mark too much. Let's say no, not too much. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised reading this book. I, I found it very easy for me to get into the mode of reading this. Like sometimes with some books, I have to kind of slog through it and sometimes I have to make an effort to try to read it. But this one, it just flowed for some reason. Um, I don't know what the actual page number is because I found a digital edition, but I imagine it's a, th a thinner book. Most of them are about 300 pages. I don't know about yeah, this. Almost 400. Almost 400. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Mine came out to be, digitally, it came out to be 200 pages, which was easy for me to read for some reason. Yeah, I think the final count is 377. Okay, so let's a, see. You have the paperback or the hardcover? Paperback. Paperback. Yeah, the paperbacks are a little thicker. I have the hardcover copies on most of them. They're about 300. So. Audio book, um, 11 hours. Yeah. Yeah, th this is the one that I had. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. And it was uh, 377 pages. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Okay. Huh. Yeah, that, I guess that's the same one that we have, I think. So. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this book. I, I loved Sarah's interaction with Nan. I loved the, the, the way they played off of each other and had different, like, 
like personality aspects in addition to them being just different kids, you know? Mm-hmm. I liked <laughs> I liked the way that Dan spoke in such a heavy accent, like all the time. It just it was charming to me. I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah. She was just a street kid with broken English. She yeah. Better a little bit. <laughs> but something about that, like I could kind of, I could like hear it in my head very clearly. Okay, so this is how a little, I'm assuming Cockney kid speaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like, it was just, I don't know. It, yeah. <laughs> like at, at one moment in particular, David is imagining how Nan would think of him after their interaction in the garden. And he says that she would think of him as a governor. And <laughs> the way he says it, I heard it in my head as a governor. Yeah. <laughs> that was just, that was just great. Um, Pretty much how it was in the audio version. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I liked their interactions. I, I liked the description of the school and all the other all the other students in it, although there, there wasn't really much of it, but it, it was nice to get that kind of sense of like, this is a whole fleshed out little universe in London, you know? Yeah. Um, I guess as far as favorite characters go, probably Isabel, you know, she seems out of everyone, probably the most mature of the whole like group, you know, right. but I loved David Puck. Robin. I loved Robin. Robin was so yeah. good. That's my favorite and, character. And, and when they're doing the play, he steals the play. He steals the book for me. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it's so good. I love that part. I love that yeah. so much. Because I've, I've done Midsummer on stage on the, at the bowl. Ah, oh, it was so fun. So I was getting all these nice little warm feelings in my heart from that moment in particular. Were you part of that production, Shakespeare? Um, the... Because I was the spotlight guy on that. I worked the spotlight for that that show. I don't know if they've done multiple versions, but mine was the one did uh, directed by Paul. Um, I want to say this was like 2008, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think I ran spotlight for that show. Oh, yeah, I was one of the I was one of the goat boys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was in college. I'm going to call you Go Boy now. That's it. I'm changing it in my phone to Go Boy. Yeah, they they did a beautiful bit where Bottom bends over, and that's how everyone recognizes it. Yeah. (laughs) One of my cues for the spotlight was to hit Bottom's bottom. Yeah. (laughs) You hit the bottom of Bottom. Uh, That was great. Fun fact, I was also the understudy for Lysander, and did not know my lines because I was a terrible actor at that point in time. Oh, that would have freaked me out if I was a director. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah, oh, yeah. No. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I was kind of just fumbling through it, which was stupid of me, I can admit now, as an adult. <laughs> that was the oh, first man. play I was in in college, and I had a, a role bit part. I was the... Oh, I don't even remember the character's name. The one in charge of organizing the entertainment for the wedding. That oh. was my character. I had very few lines, but that was my part. But um, yeah, no, I love Midsummer, and uh, I love that part of the book. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was it was so good. I loved Puck's interactions with the kids. I yeah. love that he kind of treated them sort of seriously, even though they were kids. You know, yeah. Like that was that was nice to see. Um, I really liked the book. I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. So, yeah. 
Uh, Brendan. Um, right. The I'm I'm gonna be honest. The book didn't hit for me. I had a hard time getting through it. I thought you weren't gonna like it because of the villain, anyway. So, um, the villain's motivation is undefined for me. Well, staying off positives right now. I know, but <laughs> she brought it up. Um, the best scene in the book, a besides Robin. Robin steals the 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 book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is the, the the best scene is when the two thugs go to collect the little girl at the gate, and um, uh, Sarah Jane like spears one of them from behind in the back of the knee, and they go running off. Like that's that's the best scene. That's the only physical like confrontation I, I enjoyed. In okay, the book. there wasn't a lot of fight in this book, particularly. No. Some of the others are all action. This one was more storytelling than action. Um, mm. Defining these characters and yeah. No, but the did you the finish little... the book, Brandon? I did. I finished oh. it about an hour ago. Okay, you did. I will say that was one thing he did finish it. That's good. I I when when we started this uh, like after last book club, I was like, no, I'm gonna finish this. I got the book. I started reading it three days after we met last and then um i finished it today <laughs> are you finished yeah i, I finished it this morning Dustin yeah. finished today too so <clears throat> so we'll, we'll get into my hang-ups later I finished it today too yeah um, despite really liking it, I finished it today too <laughs> yeah it was um it was a bit of a schlog for me so. i'd have to agree all right Mailing? Okay, so I likes mailing likes. No, I know, but just focusing on likes, I think we can all agree Robin <laughs> was yeah. amazing. I mean, no, he's not. He's yeah. a big bully. <laughs> <laughs> okay, most of us can agree. Um, Poor David was picked on throughout the whole thing. <laughs> the leader of the hunt. I I did like. The scene where Nan first acquires Neville. Yeah, yeah, that was. I I did like that. And um, let's see what else. Um, I'm thinking, Bonnie. I'm thinking. Uh, <laughs> no, there was one other thing. And hey, I, Bestie, did you like anything about the girls and how well they got along? Maybe, huh? huh? I I did like <laughs> that. I did like that Nan was mature for her age. Yeah, she had to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because she was a street kid, basically. So I did like that she actually took the time to think certain things through. Um, I don't know, you know, many kids who probably would, but I like that she did. So, yeah. So I I liked that aspect of it. Okay, Wayne. I... uh... I like Nigel. Yeah. <laughs> I I love the scene where Nan acquires Nigel and and the the warden uh, of Neville. the Ravens. Neville. Oh Neville, sorry. Neville. Neville. Mm-hmm. I the warden of the Ravens saying, Look, if you leave on her shoulder, then we're going to have to try to catch you. If you fly up and just tag along at a distance until she's away from here, 
we won't know you're missing until head count at dinner time. And it'll be easier for everybody all the way around. <laughs> and his feathers unruffle and he flies to the top of the tower. <laughs> it just, I, I love African gray parrots, but Neville uh, kind of stole the book for me as, as a character. Uh, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed both, both of the birds. Um, one of the aspects I, I liked about the book because it, it was a logical way to handle such things. Since you had students at the school that had talents and you had students at the school that didn't. The students at the school that didn't weren't even aware there were talented students there. And pretty much, except for the two girls, the talented students didn't know who the other talented students were. Right. And so it was just a group of students that that interacted together. And the talented students had special lessons that other people weren't privy to. And uh, I... I like that aspect of the school and the way it was the way it was set up. Uh made sense to me. Um, I like the book a lot. So there's but the lines like, are drawn. Huh? <laughs> the lines are drawn. We got like three who are like eh. And we got others who are like, yay. <laughs> it's better but, than everybody hates. Then again, it makes it makes like this meeting more this interesting. This is this is the first book with the girls in it, and introduces them. And there are two others. Ooh, I'll tell you in a minute. There are one, and two, I've read all of the others. Four. So there are four other books with the girls in it. So. I have, I have known, I have known these characters over a period of four or five books at this point. So, um, I carry that extra baggage with me. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so, uh, I did, I did enjoy Puck. Oh, uh, just, uh, I, I enjoy Midsummer Night's Dream as, as a, as a play and have seen numerous six or seven different productions of it. And so I, I enjoyed that. Um, the food descriptions. <laughs> I liked how they ate at the school. I'm, I'm yeah. a fan of curry myself. So, yeah, uh, and, uh, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the staff at the school because they were diverse. They were ones who normally their groups were at odds with one another, but uh, especially the three main guards, since they were all guardians of the light, mm-hmm. you know. That that superseded the other things. 
And um, so I'll pass it on to who's next. Okay. Uh, Bonnie, it goes back to me. Uh, Bonnie yeah. was talking first, but she, she was saving her favorites for last because she wanted to hear everybody else's. Okay. Yeah. So, so, okay. So some things were already mentioned and that's great. Um, I, I love the, well, I love the little night trek they take with Puck, um, you know, where he shows them everything and at night. Mm-hmm. Remember, don't come back in the daytime. You get play with the baby fox in the daytime. The mom will kill you. And it's not how he says it, but you know, basically. Um, one of the things that I love is, and it's not over, I don't felt like it was overdone in any way. You know, it wasn't all mushy romance all the time, but the moments that Isabel and um, her husband had together, it, it just reminds me of my husband and how like when he comes home from work, you know, you're like, I'm, I'm complete. The other half of me is here. And these, these tender moments that, that I appreciated very much because it was, you know, people who are very happily in love together. And, um, I, I like the moment where, where David, um, realizes, you know, where he sees her and he realizes everything that he could have had and didn't, um, and realizes that he, even though he may have had thoughts of stealing her away, she's, she's completely body and soul and spirit and, and everything heart and all that you know her and her husband are it's a a marriage of love a marriage of you know we have the same goals we have the same you know drive and and he recognized that just from that short visit knowing that he's lost her completely and and yet by the end of the book because everything he's he's given uh you know his country home to the school and because they all helped him they saved him um and that you see him Every now and again, he interacts with the girls in later books where he actually is the one to send them on assignments and stuff like that. And um, it, so you get to see him. You get to see him again. He's, he's a, he turns out to be a really great character. You see him here and there in the other books. He is, after all, the Wizard of London. Um, I really love, because it's so logical and I'm really emotional, but I appreciate logic. I love the scene where Isabel is just so angry at him. And she doesn't want to forgive him. And Sarah says a bunch of very wise things to her. And she sits down and makes a list. Fine. Pros and cons. <laughs> and realizes by the time she's done, he has twice as many reasons to forgive him as she does to hold on to this stupid grudge from years ago. And although she doesn't feel it right away, she knows after a while she will. And she continues to say it. I will forgive, I forgive you until, you know, until it becomes reality for her. I just love I just love the logic of laying it all out in lists. And I'm like, that's a really good way of dealing with something like that. Like that was really wise. I might actually use that in my own life um, <laughs> because it, it's logical. And it, and like you can get your emotions to stand aside for a minute and see the logic of it. Your brain and your heart can work together. I, I appreciated that. Um, I, let's see, I have a whole list of things in my head. Um, of course, I love Puck. Puck's one of my favorite characters. I love Nan and Sarah. I love the birds. Um, interesting little side note. Mercedes Lackey owns a gray parrot. So that's why she writes the gray parrot so well. But um, she obviously is a lover of birds. And I love birds. There's some of her other books where there's really cool falconing scenes that you know she has experience because she writes it so well. Um, she has to have spent some time around Ravens because she writes Neville really well. Like I love the bond between Neville and Gray. And I love that moment where 
not only have they become friends, but they've realized that there's nothing that between the two of them they can't get into. <laughs> and they have to have a little talk with Mimsab, just her and the birds to set them straight on. You can't steal people's toys and you can't do this and you need to, you know. Um, I love Tommy. I Oh, I liked the scene at the bridge with, where Puck calls the wild hunt. I thought mm-hmm. that was awesome. That evil ghosty lady got what she deserved. Wow. Um, but I so love I, you. I, I, about that scene, the, the little girl ghost in that scene, yes. was that supposed to be Peggy? It was Peggy. That was Peggy. It was Peggy. Oh, okay. Get that later when, when Cordelia is like, where is she? She's not there to be fetched. And there, she's like, well, who, who got rid of her? You don't want to know. And it's best for us if we don't tell you. Yeah. A moment right then and there where I was like, is that who that was? But then I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, that's who that was. And and okay. and the ice worms weren't even warning her about Robin Goodfellow. They didn't warn mm-hmm. her, warn her about they're like, it's best that you not know, and it's best that we don't yeah. tell you. And you're like, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I love that she got a couple outfits at the end. I love because I've read uh all of the Elemental Masters things so I liked that moment for David when, cause he's been, um, like, like, you have to understand the very first book I read was Phoenix and Ashes and the main character is a fire elemental mage as she's learning her powers. And so there's a lot to do with emotions. They're very emotional when they get angry, bad things can happen if they haven't learned how to control themselves, but he's completely shut down his normal aspect. And that moment when he, he doesn't even think they'll come and he calls for the, the real fire part of his element and they just rushed to him was a really cool moment for me seeing all of, you know, in perspective of all the elemental master's books. But anyway, um, you know that, yeah, he turned their back on them, but they hadn't turned their back on him. They were just waiting for him to, to come back to real fire, not this cold evil. Um, and gosh, there's probably a lot else, but okay. Um, dislikes. I, I thought of one more thing I liked while you're thinking dislikes. Okay. I, I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed the scene where I think it's the first time that, uh, Nan met Isabel's husband. His name slips my mind right now. Yeah. Fred and Frederick I can't think of his first name either. Harton is the last name. Frederick. And I remember if it's like the first time they met or it was, right after the rescue, but it, it's that time where he looks at her and slips into total cockney. Yeah, it's when they've planned to um, support Isabel in helping her friend, the medium. Oh, I like that scene, by the way. I forgot about that. I love that, where they, her and, and, and Gray get, you know, they figure everything out, and trash the medium. But it's but, when they're planning uh, to, to, um, to, because Isabel's like, oh, I'm just helping a friend. And she doesn't think about all the problems. And Nan and Sarah are like, no. Then they talk to the other grownups. And then he he says to her, and he slips into street cockney. Uh, you know, street and man. she's just like. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Because that's where he came from, you know? Yeah. Um, I love that. And um, he, he, he did that so she would be aware, you know. I, I came from the same street you did. And. You know, good job. Right. I think um, Nan is, of the two girls, Nan is my favorite. Um, And I like there's certain moments where she, 
<laughs> like when they first show up at Highlight uh, Court and and she or uh, whatever Highlight the, the you know the place they stay for the summer, and um, she's like, "Wow, must be you know," or she's thinking about must be nice to be so rich that you have a place you hardly use, you know. And then she sees it every when they're talking about it, and and how she realizes her perspective of rich has changed. You know, because she thought the Hartons were rich, but she also now at that point has seen how they struggle to pay bills and things like that and realizes compared to Whitechapel, a street kid on Whitechapel, yeah, they're rich, but there's this whole other level of rich. And she's like, whoa. And then um, also when she, it's later when they're at the, they're over the summer and, and Sarah says something and, and Nan has like, oh gosh, whatever thoughts in her head and then realizes, well, what the harm is it for Sarah to think good about people? And 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 realizes, you know, a year ago I wouldn't have even cared that I thought negatively about someone, and now I have a friend that the fact that you know I feel bad for even thinking something negative about her, and maybe her perspective is valid too, not just mine. You know, those moments of of clarity for her and realization that you know, you know, even those moments where she she's off, you know, she, she's first been at the school and she's no longer hungry, and the fact that she can grow and think beyond her next meal and just I I know I love Nan I love her and Neville mm-hmm. um anyway all right so yeah. dislikes then, um aside from the obviousness of of David's turn at the very end of the book yes. Nan has had the most character growth out of everybody in the whole novel yes yes I, I like that a lot about her you know yeah. yeah I love Nan um even in the other books Nan's my favorite over Sarah I like Sarah don't get me wrong but I like Nan more <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, I just do. And the thing is, is that my dream pet has always been an African brave parrot. So you think I'd like Sarah more, Sarah and Gray more? No, I like Nan and Neville more. I do. <laughs> it's all right. Well, just keep in mind, uh, parrots can be surprisingly loud a lot of the time. <laughs> we had a parrot when I was a kid. It was an African chief. Uh, and when you buy a parrot, you're not buying a pet. You're buying a yeah, family no. heirloom. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they will outlive you. Yes, <laughs> they, they will. They can live we, up to ninety years. We had a parrot um, when I was uh, a little, uh, my grandmother had one. I remember eating cereal and my dad would walk by and grab the cage and shake it violently. And I was like, why'd you do that? And he showed me the scar on his hand. He goes, because when I was seven, the bird bit clean through my hand. So my dad and this parrot have had a rivalry going on for like 30 years. Oh, God. (laughs) My grandpa would feed our parrot beer. <laughs> my dad fed our scotch. And the bird would get drunk off of a cap of beer and sit there and sing to his heart's content. <laughs> so maybe that was a secret, Brandon. Maybe your dad needed to give this bird a beer. <laughs> they could have a heart to heart. Well, he couldn't have when he was six, but maybe they could have sat down, had a pint and a, and a cap full and a... And <laughs> It's <laughs> all reason or something. <laughs> common ground. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to let everybody else do this. I don't have a lot of dislikes. I've read this book a few times now. I, I love this series. Just, it's like um, my favorite series. So whatever. <laughs> I, I don't really have a lot of dislikes. The only one that really comes to mind at the moment is for me, I, I, it's, it's not one of these books where you pick it up and you can just go. It, I, I, I had trouble just 
I had to force myself to listen to it. It was, even though it was a good story, and I enjoyed the story, I just it didn't flow for you. It didn't capture my uh, interest, so to speak. Quite very much. You know, um, yeah. But that, yeah. I, yeah. I, that's all I can think of right now. And uh, yeah, a little bit. You know, half David. Okay, let me get my list. Okay, um, yeah. We had an African gray bird when I was a kid. His name was Smokey. And I remember that bird standing on my mother's shoulder and then biting through her lip. Oh. And that's when we got rid of Smokey. So that's all I'll say about that dumb bird. But uh, anyway, the dislikes... Um, I really, I mean, I like that it was a fantasy novel. I read the whole thing through. I just felt like the book was written for a teenage girl. It felt like a teenage girl fantasy to me. And then it started to perk up when it got to, to David's side of the story because I, 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 that's when I determined that there was two types of writing there, or at least in, in my opinion. When it came to the girls, the, the writing wasn't really serious. It was kind of, like I said, written for a, a teenage girl. And then when it came to David's side, that's when it got serious. And that's the part that I like was the serious part, obviously. But um. I just had a, a real tough time getting into it. And I, I finished the book this, this morning. Um, I can just, I, I just didn't really get into it. Like, like I said before, uh, by the time chapter nine came in is when I, I started to, started to pick a favorite character and it, and it was David. Not because, like I said, it was because it's my name. It's just that's the only one I could really uh, have anything in common with. I I just I just didn't see how two little girls could gain so much power, and it just seems like everything happened too quickly when it was supposed to be a school, and now they're off beating an ice queen at the end of the book, and I just I just didn't really like it. I just. I'm not saying that it was it was a bad story. I I just particularly didn't enjoy it. So I'll hand it off to Lewis. Um, I I actually also had not necessarily an issue, but like kind of a confusion with regards to like the the tone and the audience of this book. Like I, I went into it initially thinking it's romance because it was that was what I thought of Mercedes Lackey, and then as I started reading it more and more, I was like, okay, so this is going to be like young adult fiction this is going to be for like an audience that like early harry potter readers would have been familiar with you know and then once it got to to david and and um and uh cordelia Cordelia, thank you their whole story i was like oh shit this is wait yeah Yeah, I, i was a little bit confused for like who this is for or like how it was intended to be read it wasn't it didn't it didn't make me hate the book or anything. It, it just caused a little bit of like tonal confusion for me. 
Right. Um, the other books are not like that. Most of them are more of a serious nature. I think this is the only book mm-hmm. where the main characters are children. Because the other and books are older. Probably... And I think that's why she doesn't normally write toward children. Like some of her other series have way adult content in them. This is not one of them, mm-hmm. but some of them have quite a lot of sex in them from what I hear. So so for her to write it about children, I think she just was, it's just this one book. So the others are not you know, but see, I feel like that's probably what it was. I mean, the the not two used to writing about children or poor children, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the the two probably of all the main characters, you know, Sarah and Nan are the most main characters, and so the two main characters are children. And and given that they are children, some of their their chapters and passages are going to come off as kids literature because that's you're writing about children, you right. know. But I feel like that's probably part of what it was. But it did cause a little bit of like, mm-hmm. who is this for from me? <laughs> yeah. Um, I I enjoyed reading about their little adventures here and there, but so much of their stuff did read like young adult literature. And actually that would make sense um, given the other thing that you said, David, about them suddenly becoming so very powerful. That's that's a very common thing with young adult literature. It's it's the idea that you as a child are so much more than just a child, you know? Mm-hmm. Um yeah. That that could have been what it was. Yeah. <laughs> um so that that was that that probably could be part of what that was, but I, I can I can see that viewpoint as far as like, oh, these these random kids are are super powerful psychic wizards. <laughs> and then the other thing that I didn't really the other thing I didn't really get was why this was called specifically the Wizard of London. Like I know that's the character and that's his title and that kind of thing. Like, like he only that the story. He shows up like with because he shows up with a third of the book left. Like, yeah. He shows up two thirds yeah. of the way into the book. He's not the title character. He's not. Not, not, just that, not just that. He shows up with a third of the book left, and you hate him at first. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Unless you're David, and then you liked him. But, um, Unless you're David, and then you loved him. Right. But and, and I, I, agree, didn't I agree with that. that. I agree with that. You and know? I think she probably was like, well, I can't call it Nan and Sarah. And it was the first Nan and Sarah book, but you have, uh, he is, Wizard of London is one of his titles, and he's in other books. He is a recurring character in other books. Even mm-hmm. the, he, he is the, one of the characters that occurs in both the Elemental Masters side of the books and the psychical side of the books. So I could see why she wanted to give him sort of a, a story of why we should care about him in the other books. But mm-hmm. I agree that that shouldn't have been the title <laughs> because he's no, not the it, title it, character. Like it is a great title. The Whiz Kids of London. The Whiz Kids of London. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's good. There you go. Because you know, then, then what's the it other was option? a typo at the printers. Right. <laughs> right. Then you go into one of those like like Harry Potter and the XYZ object right, of the right. book. You know? yeah, so. <laughs> but that was that was pretty much it. I, I for the most part really enjoyed this book. I don't think I'm gonna read the others in the series, but I liked this one. Okay. I I would recommend it was it was the first of her books that, that I that I read. The book is called Bedlam's Bard, and it's, it's a like mod. It. It's a modern setting. Starts off at a Ren Fair. Elves and Ren Fair and lots of fun. Yeah. And you, 
you have this kind of down and out musician who's like, I just need to get away from the people. And, and he goes and finds, you know, on site, this grove of oak trees and, and sits down with his flute and begins to play and awakens this elf. Accidentally. <laughs> totally by accident. The, the elf is drawn to his music and, and is, has awakened. And so it's, it's modern setting with elves and stuff in it. And it, it was extremely uh, well-written. So uh, I, I would, I would recommend checking out Bedlam's Bard. Lots of action in it. Uh, well, since the Lord of the Rings, my favorite character was Gimli, I will beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I have exactly two issues that drove me crazy. Okay. As I mentioned earlier, like after last month's meeting, I was like, no, no, no. I'm going to start early. I'm going to get through this book. I'm not going to dilly dally. And so, <laughs> I was all here dilly dallying. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of dilly dallying. <laughs> I will tell you exactly where this book lost me. Halfway chapter into one. chapter one. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> I, I I know the exact moment where I was like, fuck this. And it was Wayne mentioned it earlier, but he liked it. It was the little girl talking about how um, the difference between is Sarah Jane talking about the difference between London and Africa. And she talks about how she ate curry for the first time. And it's it it, it, it settled well with her and she liked curry. I was like, nobody eats curry for the first time and doesn't shit their pants instantly. No, some like, people do. A lot of like, people there do. There is no I truth did. in this fiction. I didn't. <laughs> Just, Justin is one of those people that it didn't affect him. I have that problem with Indian food too, Brandon. I understand. So but I. some people don't. I don't I'm know. Not, wait, I love it. Wait. Wait, hang on. You're saying there's no truth in this fictional book about magic girls and talking parrots? And <laughs> I was with it when it came to the, the magic girls. I was with it when it came to uh, school in London teaching psychic young people. But the moment you bring in curry that is not shit-pantingly bad, like, no. Nope. <laughs> honestly, honestly, Brandon, that's what you're worried about? <laughs> That's when I turned off the audiobook. It really was. I was You've like, gotta be kidding me, dude. Even I wouldn't have complained about that one. Uh, all right, Brandon, yeah. what's your other issue? Um all right. <laughs> I don't know how you're gonna top that. Okay. I don't think I can either. I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. teach the book to a like now. I probably got more complaints than anybody here, and that was not on my list. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have like at least five. Say this lackey lied about curry. Curry <laughs> was nowhere near that list. <laughs> like, you can even show Maylene, my list right here says curry. I know. <laughs> um, but my my other main main issue is the the villains seemed undefined. At no point I did I understand their actual goals. Until the very end, when we get to the the frost um, demon at the at the very end of the book, um, it just seemed like. And then there's two villains who are playing off of each other, 
and their goals are very undefined. And, you know, David, we end up finds very wishy-washy. Um, it felt like, what's the common theme? What is the theme of this book? Like, I was just lost. Like, I, I don't understand the villain's goals, and I was just really lost overall. I feel like when it comes to Cordelia, ultimately what she wanted before deciding on taking David's body that was that too. she just wanted to, to have, like, a pawn and power and have him do her bidding accident or, like, like without him knowing. Yeah. But But you're right. That is kind of a vague thing of, like, just like nebulous power, you know. Right. Yeah, She's playing like, the long game, so. I, I kind of understand Cordelia. Like, you're a woman who craves power in a time when women can't have power. Right. So I kind of understand her. Yeah. But David, and I kind of understand his long-term goals. Like, he wants to legitimize, uh, you know, elementals. Wants to make them part of the military wants to like I kind of get that and I'm kind of behind him but I don't see the evil well he wasn't intentionally evil he was manipulated he was being manipulated by her so that the point uh it she's the snow queen she's mm-hmm. constant remember when Sarah says he stopped feeling yeah that's where you get the hint oh he's his he's his heart has become ice basically and you have to get past that so that, because there is a lot of danger but at this point he's not necessarily bad He's being, he's not, he's not a villain, really. She's the villain, Cordelia is. She's manipulated him and she's planning to manipulate him more. And then she decides, heck, I'll just become him. Screw him. I can be him and do it better. Um, but he's more under her, you know, uh, spell, Mm -hmm. as it were, almost, um, under her sway, her influence. influence, Yeah. Right. Um, but he's not really a villain and he becomes, he does so much good. From that point on, like he doesn't meet, you know, because he has he really becomes now. the Wizard of London, and he really. Right. I'm, you know, I'm fine with the, him getting a, a redemptive arc. That doesn't bother me, right? He doesn't do anything evil. Um, like he doesn't do anything truly villainous in the story. To to, like, right? Okay, I get that he's turning his life around, but it's not really a redemptive arc because he hasn't done anything to be. Redemptive. He hasn't. Oh, yet, okay. so but well, the potential for that. Um, but my like, maybe he was redeemed from was him being an ass, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, how does their plan involve the kids? Like, I get that she maybe wants kids to further her ghost army. Well, but... she wanted to get rid of the girls because they were the well, specifically Sarah, because Sarah yeah. was the only one who could see and get rid of her ghost army. That's why she wants Sarah gone. But she's playing the long game. She wants to get rid of her as a kid before she becomes in her true power. Yeah, like it just it just seemed very convoluted. That's fine. Um, like I Doctor Doom's motivations make sense to me. Um, you know, I'm gonna build a time traveling machine, I'm gonna do some crazy shit. Like I get evil I understand that motivation. I just don't understand these characters' motivation. Well, Cordelia is like the spider. She spins her web, she plays the long game, she plots for decades down the road. That's what she does. She's subtle. It is subtle. It's she doesn't even reveal to everyone her long game, which is why, as the reader, we don't quite get all of it. We get some of it. That's a problem. Well, not necessarily. If 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 your villain's motivation is unmotivated or not unmotivated, undefined, 
then we don't have a clear assessment of the threat our heroes are facing. The heroes didn't have a complete clear view. They just knew somebody that's, was after the girls. That's an issue for me. Okay. This is the only book where it's like that. Okay. The book yeah. is more about the girls than anything. To be I, honest. I will, I will say like, I've met Mercedes Lackey. She's incredibly nice. Mm -hmm. I'm open to reading more of her stuff. Yeah. Um, but this was just not it for me. <laughs> That's fine. Should... I think you'd like some of the ones that don't deal with the girls, Brandon. I think you'd probably like the more elemental master side of it mm -hmm. than other. Like, I think you'd like the one that's, uh, what's it called? It's basically Red Riding Hood. But in this instance, she's a hunter in the Black Forest. <laughs> so she's part of like, they hunt magical creatures. So she hunts werewolves. So she's kind of cool. I think you'd like that one um blood red you'd like that one um i think you'd like from a high power um but you might not like this side of it that's fine this book should have been called the girls of london yeah something like that uh, <laughs> that's i think funny. wayne nailed it the whiz kids of london but um okay maylene maylene let's hear your long list okay i've been sitting here this whole time not commenting but here are my comments i'm sorry Bonnie. i love you in advance but i gotta get this out okay First of all, some of the things you've already mentioned, I agree with. Should not have been called The Wizard of London. He came in way too late in the book for me. He was all wishy-washy. Like Brandon said, I'm sorry. I just <clears throat> didn't feel like he was a threat at all. I get he was a puppet for Cordelia. I get, okay, I totally get, I'm behind that. But she herself, I felt was so disjointed. When one thing slightly went wrong, she went in a completely different direction, okay? So and that just, oh, she was all over the place. Okay, I felt, okay, this one is a minor complaint. I'm sorry, I got to get all this out before I forget out everything. Okay, this one's a minor complaint, but overuse of the word actually. There was one sentence where she started it with I actually, ended it with the word actually. Okay. I noticed that too. I saw that too. <laughs> that bothered me. Yeah. Okay, sorry. And then I noticed how often she used that word repeatedly after that point. I don't know about before that point. I don't know how often she used actually before. But from then on, I know every use of the word actually. I'm like, oh, God. Okay. And that is actually annoying, right? That was actually very annoying, actually. <laughs> I actually didn't notice it until now, actually. <laughs> okay. Um, I get that they are very advanced for their age, Nan and Sarah. I get that they're, like, they're very skilled considering how little training they've had in the world. And that makes them a potential threat for the future. I totally get that and wanted to take them out. But I don't know. I just felt like fact that Nan, who probably had, before going to school, hadn't had a day of training in her life, all of a sudden when she's, it's like a fight or flight instinct, she's like this warrior woman projection, and it's like, what? The, okay, that's convenient to get him out of this trouble. Okay, that's that's great. Um, <laughs> that I don't know why that bothered me. I can't specifically say why that bothered me, because it pretty much could have been a fight or flight instinct that she didn't know what she had. Yeah, but for some reason, just the fact that she was fully able to astral project or whatever they called it, I don't remember what they called it. it I don't know why, but that is like, okay, really? You just started learning your powers and, okay, whatever. And then, let's see. Okay, what else? Um, I did start reading Blood Red, Bonnie. I got halfway through. Can you lunge it to me? Remember? I don't know. It was years yeah, ago. Yeah, years ago. I got halfway through it. Didn't care for it. <laughs> so I just wanted to let that be said. I'm sorry. Again, like Brandon said, I Mercedes Lackey is a very nice lady. I would love to sit down and talk to her. She's very interesting. I love 
she was very <sighs> met her and got your autograph she, like she, she was very personable like you could go to her and approach her and talk to her and you get the sense that if it wasn't a convention she would sit and talk to you all day like that's just how nice she was and so it's nothing against I'm her. still jealous that you've met her and I haven't just for the record uh, uh, noted so yeah this is nothing against her her she's great she has a person she's awesome and I would def I could definitely see if I was more in her circle I could see being friends with her not just because she's a writer but because She's that likable, you know what I mean? But just for, you know, yeah, this book, I just, all these things kind of annoyed me as I was reading them. And I totally agree. David is completely just, should not have been the main, it should have been named for him. Personally, I don't feel like, at least in this book, maybe in future books he does, but I felt like in this book, he did not deserve the title of Wizard of London. Right. Maybe, like you said, like, I haven't read the future books, so maybe he completely deserves it after this book. And that's cool if he does, but I'm done. I feel better having gotten all that off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> well, at, okay, at, I went at this point. Wait, wait, let her finish. Okay, okay. You good? You breathe? You good? I'm good. Okay, wait. I, I didn't want to say anything while other people were talking, so that's why I kept my mouth shut the entire time. Okay. <laughs> On her list, it actually has actually written down here. Actually. Well, it actually does. <laughs> I feel better. Okay. All right, Wayne, go. Um, one point. Yeah, other people were starting to call him the Wizard of London. It, it wasn't, I, I got the feeling it wasn't a title he really picked for himself. No, he didn't. But. I don't care. This is never written this book yet. Yep. <laughs> sorry, I thought it was that was a little hiccup. That was sorry. Right. <laughs> there, there wasn't much I didn't care for in this one. So, um, thinking it over, I, I keep thinking of more things that I like. So. <laughs> You can mention them if you want. That's fine. Yeah, I, I, I like, I like the comparison that uh, as as the girls were getting acquainted and talking, uh, realizing that they both grew up in different jungles with different dangers, but they both grew up in jungles with dangers, and that that kind of became uh, a common ground for the two of them to bond and uh, sharing stories about each other's jungles that they grew up in. And, uh, but as, as far, as far as stuff, I, I, uh, I did, I didn't care for can't, can't put my finger on on it. You know what? I did just remember something that kind of annoyed me. Actually, okay. <laughs> um, actually, go ahead. And and actually, it kind of annoyed me how often people or or how often Isabel was described as being like not pretty. You know, right? Like that that annoyed me a little bit. I I, I guess it makes sense given how society viewed women back in those days. Right. But like, 
it, it happened so often that I was like, can we stop talking about her goddamn appearance, please? Just for one second. Right? Let's just stop that. It, I don't know. That, that, that annoyed me, but I guess it does make sense given the time period and, and how women were viewed by, you know, men of the time. Right. I will so that, say, I just that right now. <laughs> I will say I'm kind of glad that it was a guy that brought that up because I wasn't even thinking about that, but. Because I feel like if I brought it up, I was like, oh, of course a woman would bring that up. <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> no, I noticed it, and it, it, like, it irked me a little bit. Just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But it actually yeah. does, it actually does um, hearken into something that I enjoyed about the book, which was the, the, the discussion about like gender inequality and that kind of thing within the context of London in the Victorian 18th? era. Victorian era? What, what, what time yeah. period was that? Uh, I don't know. I just know it's Victorian. In the Victorian, you know, I, I found that to be an interesting discussion to yeah. to have secondhand given yeah. the events of the book. Yeah, it's technically well, Queen Victoria was on the throne, so let me see. Okay, yeah, so the I'd say the mid to late 1880s because they had trains. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That Victorian era. Is from June 1837 until her death on January 1901. Oh wow! So okay. Late 1800s. Yeah, because they had trains. Right. Well, and remember, it's after her husband's death at this point because they uh, Cordelia talks about how she's irritated that the queen doesn't do more because she spends all her time missing her husband and focused on her kids, and she listens to, you know the men in her life more than she should or blah, blah, blah. She should, uh, you know, Cordelia is irritated with her. Um, but anyway, yeah. So Cordelia is irritated with a lot of people. Yeah. Cordelia is irritated with anyone who's not Cordelia. Cordelia yeah. is upset that she wasn't born a male and she was born in the wrong century. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, did we ever did we ever learn how old she actually was? No, just that she managed to uh prolong her, prolong life. her life a little bit. I had for a minute there I had like the distinct impression that she was maybe secretly something like a vampire or maybe a succubus because it mentions her long life and then at one point it talks about just how like starkly pale she was. And so I was thinking, maybe she's a vampire, but that's interesting. Let's talk about that. And right. it never gets mentioned. No. Bones are undefined. She was ice. She was white like Elsa because she was Snow Queen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other final thoughts? I have some, but I'll let everybody else do theirs first. Um, well, it's, okay. Bun, then let's just go in order with. All right. Bun, yeah, Justin. Justin, final thoughts. Um. Uh, it's okay you don't have to have any final thoughts I'd say that overall I was indifferent with the book I didn't like it but I didn't hate it either um, like out of a 10 rating I'd probably give it like a 6 um, if it if there was like a little mini series on TV or something, I'd probably watch it just to see if it was better than the book. But um, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm based off of based off of this. 
I'm not sure if I would read another Mercedes Lackey book, but I don't know. Uh, time can change that. Go ahead, Lewis. I feel like, so final thoughts. I feel like this is a good introduction to the world of the Elemental Masters, but not necessarily the best introduction to the series, given that it's not necessarily like like Nan and Sarah, who are the main characters, basically don't appear for, what, five or six books, and then it's like staggered kind of thing? Um, it, They're in the fourth book, and then in the sixth book, then the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth book, and thirteenth book. <laughs> so so it, it, you obviously get okay. the feeling that she likes them more because, like, until Jolene, which came out a year, uh, year almost a year ago, like four books or three or four books in a row were about the girls, and that's when they team up with Holmes and well Watson and Mrs. Watson actually. But. Okay, okay, so so it is a bit more consistent than I had thought. I guess yeah. that's good. Yeah. But I also <clears throat> I also really like the standalone ones. Remember my first. My first introduction to the series was the third book, which is a Cinderella story. And I love Cinderella stories. I always like every version of Cinderella and every version of Alice in Wonderland. Those are like my top two fairy tales that I like to look for new versions of. So, mm-hmm. so I was super happy and decided, well, I want to read more. But the, the thing, the reason I didn't start with book one, because book one and book two are Snow White and then Sleeping Beauty. So there's a lot of similarities with how they mm-hmm. fix kids. You've got two you know, they get magically put to sleep at some point in the story and they have to be magically brought out of it. And so I felt like maybe she should have put those up instead of making them book one and book two. That's why I didn't think either of those. Um, so, yeah, but. And, and I think until, <clears throat> until this book, every one of the stories focuses on different characters. Yeah. So it's, it's not, not until you, you, uh, you, Nan and Sarah come along, uh, and the school, do you start having recurring characters show up in the world? You, you, you just, been, you've been meeting different, different people, different places. Okay. And, uh, you know, it, you know, the, the, these people who lived out the, the story takes place in this town and this focused around this estate. And this one takes place in this city and this one takes, you know, and so yeah, they don't all take place in London. They don't all take place in England. So, but, but yeah, it, it, I went back and forth trying to pick, like I said, this is one of my favorite series and I wanted to try to pick a good introduction. And as far as the elemental magic part of it, it probably isn't as good an introduction, but as far as introducing the most reoccurring characters, it is because it's their first book. Okay. So like I said, some people might appreciate more the standalone books. Um, I don't know. What else did you have to say? Liz? Sorry. I'll put, I'll put no, I, I was just going to say, I feel like this is, it's a good jumping off point mm-hmm. to, to get into it. Um, and it's actually good to know that they appear in, in like a bunch of other books. Cause I'm at this point, I'm now more invested in Nan and Sarah than I am in the magic or in David or in the school. So right. as far as them being um, like the main characters for me, like, like that is cool. Like I want to know more about them, you know, well, I'll send you, I'll mention it off at the end, but I'll send you the list of the ones they're in in order. <laughs> if you want to okay. read more about them. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, let's go with you, Brandon. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um, honestly, if I hadn't met Mercedes Lackey, I wouldn't pick up any of her. Like, she is incredibly nice, and because of that, it's worth, like, I feel like I owe her, you know, giving her stuff another shot. But based off right. of this, I just... Well, it's not... Each of her series are really different, so... Mm-hmm. And she has multiple series that she's writing simultaneously. I have so much respect for her for that, to keep all those different storylines and different worlds straight in her head as she's writing. Yeah, because she has some that are like sci-fi and a lot that are fantasy. Most of hers are fantasy, but different time periods. Some of them take place in our world. Some of them take place in a totally different universe. Several of them take place in different universes. So, you know... Anyway, I have a few books from her other series if you want to try a different one. You know, I think I have that inspired somewhere. Yeah, I'll, try, I'll probably try the Beldum Bar one. That looks, sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a good one. The, uh, if, if you really love the Midsummer Night's uh, dream sequence, uh, Neil Gaiman wrote an issue of Sandman that won uh, several fantasy awards in the 80s that is basically that plot um uh more just the play where puck plays himself um and it's it's it, it won a newberry award for a uh, short story um and then after he won they changed the rules that a comic book could never win again and, <laughs> Uh, no, that's... <laughs> yeah, that, that happened. Um, so like, if you really like that Midsummer Night's Dream sequence, Neil Gaiman, I think it's Sandman number 19. Uh, give it a shot. It's, it's beautiful. It's that whole sequence, but fleshed out and given more time. Um, you know, uh, also I know we've mentioned fairy tales. Neil Gaiman has a really dark version of, uh, Sleeping Beauty, or uh, no, uh, Snow White, that you might like, Bonnie, but it's really dark. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've heard of it. I haven't read it. Okay. I've seen a different version of Snow White on a movie. <laughs> well, his his version is, have, did any of you, it was one of my favorite books as a kid, but The Three Little Pigs, The were, uh, the, um, the Wolf's Side. The True uh, Story of the Three Little Pigs, yeah. True, yeah. My sister was in a production of that. I, I absolutely love that concept and I love that book as a kid. Um, but Neil Gaiman's version of um, Snow White is very much similar to that where it's like, no, 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 no. The evil stepmother was the good guy. <laughs> um, well, just, just jumping off of that real quick, the movie Hoodwinked, the CGI movie Hoodwinked was uh, very cool. Uh, that that one. Yeah. All right. That was my, my final thoughts. Um, <laughs> breathe, Mylene. For the love of God, breathe. I almost said it after I finished playing all my dislikes. Like, man, it feels good to get that off my chest. I need a cigarette. <laughs> like, that's how good it felt to get all off my chest. Okay. Um, I will say, having said that, that again, like Brandon and I both said, she's very cool, very good author. Well, you know, very nice author. Um, very nice author. Well, I like no, her. She's very, she's very nice. Uh, um, some authors are antisocial. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, some are very like, don't talk to me unless you paid for my time. Kind of, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. there are authors like that. But... Keep your head down, sign the book. Thank you. Move to the next one. Yeah. Keep your head down, sign and the book. You know. Mercedes Blackie. No autograph from you. Let me retalk. I will say that um, I myself am not inclined to read any more of her book. I'm not saying I will never read another of her books because I find when I say never or always, I get in trouble because <laughs> inevitably something will happen to prove me wrong, <laughs> you know? Um, so I will say I'm not inclined to read any more of her books unless it's in book club. <laughs> Bonnie, Bonnie, I hear that laughter. Be nice, Bonnie. <laughs> or I will, you know, bring up Maze Runner every single time. <laughs> Over it, mostly. Uh, but yeah, I'm not. Oh, I mean, God. not that she's Maze a horrible Runner. writer because she does. She writes well. I just, oh, for me, this particular story was not a favorite. Right. Other than that, should discourage anyone else from going to read it if they find it. All right, Wayne, Papa, whatever. Final thoughts? Yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> there are worse books to to out there to read, so you know. You can give it a shot. Yeah, we read a couple of them. Oh. Yeah, no. (laughs) I mean, if anything, the fact that we've had such wildly differing responses to this book might be compelling for some people, you know? Yeah, that's true. I know that it would. I know I might be inclined, if I were listening to the podcast, I might be inclined to pick it up because of all the different. There wasn't a concise opinion. Maybe you should pick it up and figure it out for yourself. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because right. there's decide which camp like, you fall into. What was that, Louis? I was just gonna say there, there's, there's been books that we've basically all been like, it was really good, and you yeah. know. And then there was Maze <laughs> which we all were like, we wanted which to. We like, it, was it was really bad. bad. <laughs> yeah. And there were books where we all read a different story. Oh gosh. <laughs> Swiss Family Robinson. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It was just so confusing. <laughs> when we all went- had a unicorn. Yeah. And then there really was one in someone else's version. Ah. <laughs> right. All right. Here's my final thought. Um, so just for those of you who really liked Nan and Sarah, their first book is Wizard of London. Their next book is Home from the Sea. Then it goes down to A Study in Sable. A Scandal in Battersea, The Bartered Brides, and The Case of the Spellbound Child. Those all have Nan and Sarah in them. All right. Once you get to a study in Sable, you, it incorporates Sherlock Holmes and more, more than Holmes, John Watson and, 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 uh, Mrs. Watson. Um, if you are want, if you're like, well, they were interesting, but I really want to read Elemental Master's side of things. The Serpent's Shadow, The Gates of Sleep, Phoenix and Ashes, which was my first one, reserved for the cat which is lots of fun. A Natural Issue, which is the only one in the series that I don't especially like, and the only reason to read that one is because Puck is in it. Um, uh, Steadfast, Blood Red, From a High Tower, and then the newest one, which came out in 2020, Jolene. So, like I said, some of those take place in um, 
England. A lot of the first ones take place in England. Then there's one in Wales, which Nan and Sarah are involved in. Then there's a couple in Germany. And then, like I said, the last one is in the Appalachians in uh, uh, America. But they're all around the same time period. Um, the A natural issue deals with uh, the uh, First World War. And so it's harder to read and... There's certain elements of the book that I really didn't like, even though I liked some of the characters and Puck was in it. So I do have it in my collection, but it's the only one I've read only once. So <laughs> um, anyway, and if you want to read something else of Mercedes Lackey, I do recommend Bedlam's Bard is a good one. Like my dad said, that's the one that takes place in our time period. Well, it takes place more like in the 90s, but um. <laughs> It's more yeah. modern than now, but it's been, you know, it's been around for a while. It's not so. Victorian. Not Victorian. <laughs> they had pagers. <laughs> yeah. um, those, those ones are fun. All right. So here we go. Who's pulling? I'll do it. Okay. So this, this is Wayne's choice. It's Wayne's, Wayne's choice. choice. Justin's pulling for you. Wayne's Dad. world. All right. Uh, I've got uh, the hat uh, somewhere. Let's do this. Okay. Okay. Right. So next month we'll be reading the Haunting of Hill House. Ooh. Shirley Jackson. This was actually suggested by Wayne. Oh, oh hey, how about that, Dad? <laughs> I've right. been waiting for this one to show up. Cool. I, I already like have scary stories. Stories. I don't like scary stories either, but I will read it. <laughs> I like to write scary stories. I like my favorite quote from Stephen King, I don't have nightmares, I give them to everyone else. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> haunting of Hill House. What? Uh, the Haunting of Hill House by Shirley, Shirley Jackson. Jackson. Shirley Jackson. It's actually on Netflix. Oh, is it? All right. The understanding is there's been different versions of this. Of this yeah, there have like, been different versions. Well, this yeah. would be the book, which I'm sure is better than the movies. We can hope. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> second, I thought you were saying there were different versions of the book. I was like, what? Not oh, again. There's oh. movies based on the book. So Not again, yeah. good boy. Not again. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm going to paste it. All right. Um, so that concludes this uh, episode of the bookies. Um, see you next month. Bye. Right, bye. 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 bye, -bye. bye. So, oh. Hey there, people of the interwebs. It's me, Brandon Noel. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this discussion on uh, Wizards of London by Mercedes Lackey. I said it was an interesting read. Um, the next book in the series that we're reading should be The Haunting of Hill House. Unfortunately, um, there was technical problems while recording that episode. And the file is uh, corrupted slash lost. Um, the only thing I can say is we had a really good time discussing The Haunting of Hill House. It is a really good book. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, but unfortunately, you will never get to hear that um, conversation. Because of uh, forces outside of our control. And I will say this, since we've been doing this since 2016, um, that's pretty good to only have one episode screwed up like that 
since 2016. Um, but with that said, uh, thank you. Thank you for your support. Uh, please check out destinycomics.com for uh, all your reading needs. Um, your pulpy reading needs, I should say. Um, I should tell you what the next month's book's going to be, but honestly, I don't remember and I don't have access to that laptop. So we're just going to be surprised together. That's, that's just what's going to be. It's going to be a surprise. So with that said, um, uh, check us out if, you know, you want to get, go further down the rabbit hole. There is, um, patreon.com slash destiny comics where you can get all kinds of fun stuff art videos uh sunday funny strips all kinds of full cool stuff that we do here at destinycomics.com uh with that said once again the uh secret code for this week was 15 double zero six eighteen two next word 20 19, 9, 14, 23, 6, 18, 0. And uh, for your official Destiny Comics decoder, you can go to destinycomics.com. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. Uh, set your, um, don't forget for this week to set your decoder to X equals 1. <laughs>